air conditioner, and it's never good. There's never a good change, a good adjustment, and they're going to get it lined out for us, but it still, it feels good. So I want to uh, go ahead and let the band take off. So you guys, you guys are awesome. You'll always sound good. I have people tell me every week how good the band is, and how can we be, how can we be such a young church with such a good band? And the answer is, I don't know, except for God just brings all the right people. So such talented people. You guys are truly awesome, and they spend a lot of time during the week not only worshiping, but preparing and sharpening their skills and developing the talents that God has put into them. Today, I want to dive right in. Oh, I'll just, before we dive right in, we won't dive right in. We'll wait just a second. Some of you guys, so I, I heard that uh, Jeanette and um, Ramel, you guys won something, so you'll get to leave right after this service, and on your way out, hit the, uh, the table right there that has the prizes, and pick whatever prize you like off the table. Every week, though, we'll do more and more and more. So if we did two drawings this week, this likely we'll do more drawings next week in the first service. So you'll have more chances to win, and then more chances to win, and, and bigger and, and more amazing prizes. And um, I'm, I'm just thrilled that we get to do that because so many amazing prizes have been donated. We're not going out and buying them. People have, we have, we have just been given so many amazing, amazing prizes, and I'm, I'm excited about it. So now we're going to dive into this series and see what uh, Donkey Mission is all about. So how many of you guys actually have this book? A few. All right. Good. If you don't have a book, I, do, I think there's a couple more. You, you grab one on your way out right there by the prize table. And um, I, I think in this series, though, we're we're going to get to donkey mission. We're going to get to what that even means. But I want to just challenge you with this thought. When's the last time that you just said to yourself, or maybe you said out loud, like, what is the point of this? What's the point of, of, of all this going on? I thought of a few examples this week of, uh, of what that looks like. And just turning the news on, looking at current events, like there's so many different voices and channels and options, all the things that, hey, you need to be concerned with this. (laughs) You need to be concerned with this or this or this or all the things around the world. The pandemic is, I guess it's officially over now, but there's still the, the, all of the effects of the pandemic where maybe it's a, a a recession coming, maybe it's food shortages, maybe what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and oil pipelines and NATO, and like we start trying to piece together all, it's really difficult to, to see the big picture when all of these different stories are getting pushed into our face. I ask my question, my, my question all the time is, what is the point? A few weeks back, another example, um, Hurricane Ian was not a hurricane yet, it was just a tropical storm. And so we started getting all of these ideas. Hey, maybe it's going to go this way. Look at all those. And then they put one right over here just to let you know it could come to Houston. And then this one, it could, it could go to Louisiana if you're in Louisiana. So there's always part of the story that says you should be concerned and you should be concerned too. And just because it looks like it, don't forget it could come your way. And the whole time, we were thinking, if it's going to Houston, we'll be ready. If it's, going, if it's going anywhere in the Gulf Coast, we'll be ready to help. But we were actually scheduled this last week to be in Fort Myers. So the whole time we were thinking, I, I don't care about most of those lines. We're going to help no matter what. But is it going to Fort Myers? 
what, what's the end result here? We're just trying to find the point. Uh, last example I'll give you is, how many of you guys ever looked up, like, how to fix something on YouTube? I've done it a thousand times. You know what happens when you look up? Sure, there's a hundred people that know the answer to your question on YouTube, but if you click their, their video, it's a 10-minute long video, and they're going to wait 10 minutes to tell you the answer to what you looked up. They're going to say, hey, why don't you go and click that like button, and why don't you just subscribe to my channel because we talk about this and 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 this. Just tell me the point. Can I get to the point, please? We always want to get to the point, the big picture and so that's what this series is about. We're going to be, for four weeks, we're going to stay in really one Bible story. Can you give me a little bit more of this mic? I'm going to stop talking as loud. My voice has come back good, but I don't want to lose it again. So I'll just, I'm going to take my foot off the gas just a bit. Y'all still with me? Good, good. And I don't have to push too hard. Maybe. So... Our story that we're going to stick with for four weeks is about Saul. And you may know the story of King Saul. And you know there's some good things. There's a lot of bad things that happen. But we're going to look at really the first story of how he becomes king and how God chooses him. But in the middle of the, before he's ever chosen to be king, he actually is sent on a special mission. Donkey mission. And I think that that mission applies to every one of our lives. So as, as we kind of dig through this story, as we look through it, I want to challenge every one of you to see yourself in the story. We're going to read through it. It's a lot of verses. This, this is a, a different kind of series than we, no, we normally do. So I'll be preaching kind of verse by verse. We're going to go through a lot of the story just one, one line at a time. We're going to talk about it. But I believe that God's going to speak to us in the middle of this story. And so I want us to look... We're gonna, we'll just start with the story, 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. There was a Benjaminite, a Benjamite, a man of standing, means he, come, he came from a good family, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, and the son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Aphiah of Benjamin. Kish had a son named Saul. As handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. So now you all right now we know three things about Saul. We know that he comes from a good family and good standing. He was somebody his family was important. Not only that, he was the best looking man in the whole nation. <laughs> that is a high, that's a high praise, right? That's like wow. Everybody pays attention when this guy comes around. Not only that, the third thing we know about him is that he's a, 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 a head taller than everybody else. So he's tall and maybe dark and handsome. And this guy is special whenever, whenever people see him coming from a long way out because he's taller and he's good looking and people pay attention. He comes from a good family. Have you ever met someone famous? I love hearing people's stories about someone famous they met. And it's... So I've been in the room many times when somebody said, who, who is that? Is that, that? That must be an influencer. That must be somebody famous. That must be somebody important because they either carry themselves a certain way or there's just something about them that seems special. And from the very beginning of the story, we see that Saul is destined for greatness. Some, God had plans for Saul. He was an important guy with important plans, and God was going to do something big with Saul. And I want to take a pause right here before we even go any further in the story, because from the very first 
moment, from the get-go, we see our first parallel. Whether you've ever recognized it or not, whether anyone's ever told you or not, you are someone special. Every one of us in this room, we have purpose, God-given purpose. God has great plans for us, and we may walk around feeling like I'm nobody, feeling like I'm just another guy in the crowd. I don't feel like I'm tall, dark, and handsome, or that my family's in good standing, or any of these things. But the real story is that you are some, someone special. And you may have started to believe the lies that our enemy tells us that, hey, you're nobody, you're nothing, you're never going to amount to anything. But the truth is that God has great plans for you. And you have to start speaking the truth over those lies that you've believed for a long time and start telling yourself, hey, I'm God's child. I'm God's workmanship. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I am built and made in the image of God. If you can start telling yourself that and believing that you were made for something important, maybe God can use you and send you on that mission. And so here we are with King Saul. Before he becomes king, he is sent on this quote-unquote special mission, and I want you to watch this mission as it unfolds. Here in verse 3, now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost. They had lost their donkey. Of all the things that this mission could be about, it happens to be about donkeys, and Kish said to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you and go find the donkeys. So this is where his dad sends him out, and I've been told by my parents so many things. I'm like, Dad, come on. Mom, please. I don't want to do this. But he's sent on the donkey mission. Go find the missing donkeys. And while that seems simple, we find out that it's actually not very simple. And he, it takes him a little while to figure out where the donkeys are. But if it's me, I, I would be saying, seriously, I'm the best looking guy in the whole nation. People pay attention. When I, do I look like I'm the kind of guy that looks for donkeys? How often do we do that in our lives? Like, hey, that, I'm not made for that kind of job. This thing that I'm doing, why am I even doing it? This is another one of those, what is the point of this? Like, I, I had so much better ideas in mind when I thought about what I would be doing today and not looking for donkeys. Have you ever been on a donkey mission before? Maybe you didn't think of it as a donkey mission, but have you ever been on that mission that you just thought, why? Why am I here? I've been on that mission many times in my life. At 15 years old, we had, I, I love being a part of the church. I love helping to volunteer at the church. I just loved all the activity, helping people. We did missions work and outreach, and every day something new was happening. And I remember being asked to help. Hey, would you be interested in helping serve at the church? And I said, yes. And I remember that the job that I was given was, hey, all these amazing things going on international missions work and preaching and seeing people's lives like that seems amazing but what we would like for you to do is we want you to sit and teach the 10 year old boys in the boys club and I thought this is insane these 10 year old boys won't listen to anything I have to say they don't care about me they care about games and toys and all these other things and I would try to sit at the table and I felt like I was repeating myself over and over does anybody know what I just said no they don't care. <laughs> I felt like I was on this mission that was so pointless. I'm not making a difference. I'm not doing anything. I'm just babysitting these kids. And so shortly after that, 
I just decided to stick with it. I'm okay. I guess I'm the boy's teacher. I'm going to try to teach them, even though they don't want to be taught. And uh, I remember not too long after that, I was actually offered a job at our church. So I was 16 years old. I was offered a job at the church, and I thought, man, I, now I'm really going to make a difference. I'm really going to do something with my life that matters. I, I'm going to be a part of something amazing. And you know what? They put a broom in my hand. Said, hey, I want you to sweep our parking lot. And our parking lot is like maybe an acre or two, maybe 100 parking spaces. Just wraps around the bit. Just keep sweeping. So I go out there for 10, 20 minutes. I'm done. No, 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 you're not. <laughs> I had sweeped and picked up all the trash, but I didn't even know how to sweep. So just let me give you a quick instruction on sweeping. They told me, put your broom in a straight line. I want to see a line on the ground of like swept dust. Go all the way across the parking lot and one, <laughs> this is tedious, right? I know, it's much more tedious when you're doing it. Sweep, 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 all the way, a line of dirt across the parking lot. And then walk back the other way. And then the other way, <laughs> like mowing almost, but much, much slower and hotter. I'm sweating. Hours and days are going by. Why am I sweeping this part? Why can't I use a blower? Why can't I just pick up the trash? It's going to be dirty again tomorrow. It's going to rain. Pointless. I'm on a donkey mission. <laughs> if I find the donkeys, they're just going to get out again. I literally thought, are you trying to make me quit my new job that I just got? This is ridiculous. How if we all got out here and swept this parking lot, it would be done in five minutes. But that's not what was going on. And even when I got done with <laughs> sweeping, I thought, I'm just going to sweep. I'm gonna be the, I, this is going to be the best swept parking lot that has ever been. And then next week, they handed me the broom again. And I was on my donkey mission again. And I thought, why am I here? What, what is the point of this? So I can imagine how Saul felt going, I, I should be doing something way more important than sweeping the parking lot and looking for donkeys. In verse 4, so he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha. But they did not find them. They did not find the donkeys in either of those two places. They went on into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. In other words, he went to four different places. He went to four different places and still did not find them. I want you guys to pay attention. I'm going to give you four. Hopefully you picked up your notes today. How many of you guys have notes? Taking notes? Awesome. Love note takers. Four truths about your donkey mission. Four truths about your donkey mission and mine. Number one, donkey missions test our patience. Donkey missions, we feel like, I don't know why I'm here. God, I thought you had purpose for me. I'm supposed to be king. I'm supposed to be doing something that matters. I'm supposed to be doing something that makes a difference. And yet here I am doing something that seems like it's totally pointless. It tests your patience. God puts you in positions that not just test but develop. You're tested to develop your patience. This mission, uh, scholars have looked at those four locations and realized that he must have walked 35 miles looking for these donkeys. 35 miles. They were go this is multiple days looking, searching. We're going to find these donkeys. Have you ever had a donkey mission test your patience? Have you ever had an employee quit that worked next to you, and then your boss just come to you and say, hey, I know that they just quit, but I'm going to I'm gonna have to get you to pick up some of the slack. 
I'm going to have to get you to do their job, but we're not going to pay you more. <laughs> How about parents in the house? How many parents do we have in the house? We got some parents. How many of you have been ever changing just the worst diaper and you thought, I want to be a good parent, but what is going on with this? Why? <laughs> Why is this happening to me? I remember one time, one of our kids, I won't tell you which one, I think it probably happened to both, but this time in particular, they had what I call a blowout in the backseat of the car, in the car seat. I wanted to throw the car seat away. But we ended up taking it home and just water hosing the whole thing. There are moments in life where you're like, man, I want, I want to raise kids and I want them to be, I want them to be strong and smart and wise. And this is disgusting. <laughs> this is terrible. The problem is that in our society, we just want to be king now. We just want to do the important thing. We don't want to think about diapers. We don't want to think about donkeys. We don't want to think about any of those little jobs. But even in that moment, the state of the nation was in question. Everybody wanted a king. God was choosing a king for the nation, and yet here I am looking for a donkey. I'm more interested about what's happening halfway around the world. I'm more interested in, in what God's going to do in Washington or right here in our own city. God, can you help us? And yet here I am doing something that seems to not even matter at all. We don't want the donkey missions that develop us. We don't want to do the thing that takes time. We don't want to do the thing that feels like it, it's painful. And it's tedious, and it's the grind. We hate the grind. But can I, just can I just stop for a minute and tell you that there are some things that God wants to put you in that require you to just grind. You just have to grind, and it might take weeks, it might take months, it might take years, but if you quit that grind, you'll never be what you're supposed to be. If you get off the grind and say, God, I don't like that grind. <laughs> well, put me on something else. I'd be much better suited to be in charge probably. You put me in leadership, God, then I won't have to grind. Listen, the only way you get to leadership is through the grind. Because that grind sharpens you like iron. You want to be something, someone that God can use. You want to be a leader. You want to, be, you want to have purpose. You want to have words that matter to people. You have to be in the grind. We don't want to do the slow and pointless things. And so that's exactly where Saul was at. He had the temptation to just quit. Watch this. When they reached the district of Zuph, Saul said to his servant who was with him, come, let's go back or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. So now his, his preference and his concerns are moving from the, you know what? These donkeys don't even matter. Are they really worth all this effort? Does it really matter if I sweep this parking lot that good? Like, come on, it's going to get dirty again. Does it really matter? And I, I think at this moment, Saul's ego probably kicks in. You know what? I got to tell my dad, uh, hey, dad, you don't have to worry. I'm fine. I've been gone for a long time, but I'm okay. Everybody knows what a big deal I am. We start to, we start to think, well, you know, it's not worth my anxiety going through this. It's not worth all of the suffering that I'm going through to deal with this grind. These tedious moments and these relationships 
this work that I'm doing is not worth the effort and the toll that it's having on me. I did not join a church so that I had to put up with everybody's attitudes. I did not start serving God so that I would have to just go on this wild goose chase looking for donkeys. Can I tell you that God's number one priority is not our comfort. His number one priority, as much as we would like it to be, God, this is painful. God, I'm feeling some anxiety right now if you even care. Or if this was really God's plan for me, I would have already found the donkeys. How many of us can relate to that? We think if this was really a God deal, it would have been so much easier. If, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, listen, if she was really supposed to be my wife, we would never fight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if this was really meant to be, it would be a lot easier. That's crazy talk. Anything worth doing is hard. Everything worth doing is, requires a level of grind that nobody wants to do, or else we would just all have it. And so the mission teaches us patience. Let's go on to verse 6. But the servant replied, when, when Saul tries to quit, the servant thinks better, and I'll just tell you that, that this is a perfect example of why you need people in your life that can help you stay on track. We don't want to hear that. We want someone to say, yeah, you know what? Your dad's probably worried sick about you. We should just go on back. That's what we want. But what do we need? We need the servant who's willing to say, look, in this town, there's a man of God. Let's just go to the next town. It's not too far from here. Let's push forward. Let's, let's move on. Let's not go backwards. Let's not quit. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. He's truly a man of God. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. So maybe we can solve our problem by looking to God. That's the voice I need speaking to me. That's the voice we need speaking to each other, that we have a voice that says, hey, you should have some faith. We can do this. So Saul said to his servant, if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sack is gone. We have no gift to take the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered him again, look, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver, and I'll give it to the man so that, of God so that he will tell us what way to take. So maybe if we give him what little we have, He'll be able to show us where the donkeys are. So here's point number two for what our donkey mission teaches us in truth. The donkey mission helps keep us humble. Imagine <laughs> with Saul's ego what he would have had. The, the, first off, just to have to go to some um, important person for help looking for donkeys. It was probably very hard for him to, first off, not quit and to listen to his servant, and to go to someone else. That would be like me saying, hey, oh, man, I'm missing my phone. Let's get some help. Um, can someone get Joel Osteen on the phone? I need some help finding my cell phone. If I laid it down somewhere, then maybe he can pray, and we can find my cell phone. It's important to me. Or it would be like you going to work and, and, and having an issue with your computer or an issue with something small, seemingly small, and you going, hey, I got to go talk to the CEO right now. I need some help. That would be humiliating. And yet he had to do it. Not only that, he had to bum money off of his servant. 
He didn't even have the money to do it. He didn't have anything to give. In verse 10, good, Saul said to his servant, come on, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. Now here comes the next one. Watch this. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young women. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh, this could be bad. Coming out to draw water, and they asked him, listen, he's the best-looking guy in the nation, not just in town. He, he, he is a superstar coming through town. And here comes some young ladies, some young eligible women. But he goes right to the question, is the seer here? He is, they answered. He's ahead of you. Hurry now. He has just come to our town today for the people have a sacrifice at the high place. This, could have, this was a near miss, I think. This could have been disastrous for his mission, for his... Uh, for his life mission, the big mission, but it also could have been disastrous for his donkey mission. Here's, here's truth number three. The donkey mission tests our integrity. I can't tell you how many men and women I have seen lose their purpose or lose their greater mission because they can't stay focused on the donkey mission for five minutes because some young guy or some young girl comes into the room Oh, Lord, God sent me on this donkey. God sent me looking for these donkeys so that I would find these young ladies. (laughs) That's where I I imagine Saul's already thought, my dad's probably looking for me. I need to quit this. Now he's thinking, here's an even better plan. What's better, donkeys or young ladies? Easy. God sent me on this mission. And although Saul had huge potential, he could have lost it right there in that moment. Because God's plan for him could have been derailed, just like so many of us, when we're tempted by life's shiny things, the things that we think will fulfill us, the things that we think we need, and yet there is a reason why we're on the donkey mission. Besides, even if we're successful, they're just stupid donkeys. Even if we do succeed in this mission, we just have donkeys. Which is, don- which is better, donkeys or ladies? Or which is better? What's, what's the thing that comes to your mind? What's the thing that tempts you? Show me the next one. Because that thing that tempts you might be to quit, like Saul's temptation was to quit. Maybe it's to exchange what you think you didn't really need for something that you would rather have anyway. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's just, a, I'm going to quit this job because I never wanted this job in the first place. You shouldn't have to put up with these people. But maybe, did you ever think that God gave you that job? So often we, we're so excited that God promoted us or opened a door for us or gave us this step in the right direction. But the moment that we get there, what do we do? We don't want the grind. And so we're asking God, God, I know you answered my last prayer to put me here, but could you just, I have a new prayer request. I'd like a different job if it's not too hard. Maybe it's, I, you know what, I, I, we started giving in the church, we started giving our time, we started giving effort, and it's just gotten so hard, it's not worth this, so we're going to stop giving. We're going to stop going to small group because you know what, I started getting off work a little bit later and it's so hard. I started reading my Bible every day, but I think I've had enough. I started spending time with God, 
but it's making everything else so much more difficult. I don't know why I'm even doing this. This isn't the kind of fruit that I wanted to bear. This isn't the kind of thing that I was hoping would come out of it, and yet you're just in the middle of the, of the grind. So for us in the room, i got to challenge you with a big challenge. Don't quit where you're at right now. That thing that you, you don't know exactly why you're here, but you believe God put you here for a reason. You just don't, it doesn't make sense. Don't quit. Don't quit in the grind. Don't quit on your family. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your job. Don't quit on your team or your ministry, the hopes and the plans that you, you've had in your heart that I think God wants to use me for something amazing, but this is hard. Verse 14 it says, they went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now watch this. Watch, watch this very carefully because here comes the best thing in the whole story. Now the day before, well that's like, this is like a flashback. This is like you're watching a movie and boom, we're back in time. The day, one day earlier, before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. So the, God had already spoken to the prophet about this time tomorrow, the day where we're actually reading in the story, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. There's a guy coming. I'm sending him to you. How did God, how did God send Saul to the prophet? Somebody knows. The donkeys. <laughs> this donkey mission is the mission that got him to the prophet. Watch this. Anoint him ruler over my people, Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. So God already spoke to Samuel, the prophet, and the thing that connected this greater vision, this greater purpose, this greater mission was the donkey mission. The thing that puts you in position every time is not that God picks you up from your cradle as a baby and says, you're going to be king. So often he doesn't pick us up out of the cradle. We get saved and we get excited about doing something for God. He doesn't come meet us right there and say, hey, I'm going to make you a pastor. Hey, I'm going to make you change someone's life. Hey, here's, here's a, a financial blessing. You're going to change the world. God doesn't do that. He sends us on a donkey mission. And the donkey mission connects us to our greater mission. We just don't know when they're going to connect. And so before they connect, we quit. We don't like it. I want a different donkey mission. If I could just please start over, I want to reset. I want to restart. I went to two cities already. I couldn't find the donkeys. Notice that he hasn't even found the donkeys yet, and now he's connected to his mission. Here's your fourth truth. The donkey mission is always about something greater than donkeys. Guys, it was never about the donkeys in the first place. It was never about that thing that you were grinding on that you hated, that you couldn't figure out. It was so pointless. Why am I here? Saul is on this pointless mission, and all the while, he's looking for donkeys. Man, this is stupid. Man, I would rather be home. I'm trying to figure out how to get out of this. This whole time, God's already been speaking to the prophet. 
God's already working behind the scenes to connect him to the greater mission. He's just got to stick with the donkey mission. So God uses the donkey mission to prepare us and lead us and connect us to our greater vision, a greater mission if we'll just stay connected to it by remaining humble, remaining patient, remaining faithful long enough to where the two missions connect. I don't know where that hits you today, but it hits me hard. There's a lot of things that I've just hung on to for so long. 25 years ago, I was sweeping a parking lot, teaching little kids. And yet today, I still pick up donkey missions that I think, man, I have a greater mission to go on. And so often, I just have to realize that it's the donkey missions that connect me to them. Five years ago, almost, when we decided to start a church, I said, hey, this is the greater mission. We're going to plant a church. We're going we're gonna to start meeting people and building a team and raising money, and we're going to raise this much money. We're going to buy this equipment, and we're going to do this. And guess what? Hurricane Harvey hit. You guys have heard this story, probably most of you. And I thought, what happened to my greater mission? I'll go on the dong. I'll go on this mission. We'll help people. That's what we do. But I had other things planned. And little did I know that it was that mission. It was, the hur it was Hurricane Harvey that made everything possible for this church to be where we are today. I met so many of you in that process. So real quick in closing, I'm just going to give you three challenges. So stop worrying about the greater mission for a second. And number one, just start being faithful to your donkey mission. Just decide, God, if this is where you want me, I'm going to grind. I'm going I'm to hold on. I'm going to let you sharpen me. I'm going to let you refine me like gold in a fire. It's painful. There's pressure. There's heat. I don't like it, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to hang on to my family. We're going to get stronger. I'm going to hang on to my marriage. We're going to get stronger. I'm going to hang on to my kids. I'm going to hang on to all these relationships that matter to him. I'm going to work in my ministry. I'm going to do the things that God puts in front of me. Number two, don't let anything be beneath you. Like, don't say, hey, I'm kind of a big deal. I don't do that kind of thing. I don't clean toilets. I don't change paper towels and toilet paper. I don't wipe up the floor. I don't do diapers. I am the best looking man in the nation. <laughs> That's what Saul said. Like you could use me for a lot of bigger, the pastor, you got to put me on the stage. I'm the best looking guy in this church. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to serve. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to make a difference in the world. And then we watch our our donkey mission line up with our greater vision, our greater mission. Number three, stop seeing things as pointless and start looking at things as practice. All right, I'll sweep, this, I'll, I'll sweep the parking lot. It's going to be the best swept parking lot in this town. People are going to drive by this parking lot. They're going to think, that is so clean. They're going to, they're going to stop worrying about where they're going and the car in front of them, they're just going to look at this parking lot and it's going to amaze them. This is practice for where I'm going. 
I'm going to become patient. I'm going to let the fruit of the Spirit come out in my life. Because you never know when your greater mission and your donkey mission will converge. So stop rolling your eyes at things that you have to do. I used to do that all the time. Golly, just roll my eyes. What? God, I thought you had important things for me in my life. Guess who else went on a donkey mission? Jesus did. Jesus was in heaven with God and created the world. And God said, I love those people so much. God created us to have fellowship and to connect with him and to be his people. And yet sin separated us and divided us from God. And he said, son, Jesus, I need you to go to earth. I need you to go among men and women. Give your life. And he did. Because we were those lost donkeys. We were lost. We couldn't be found. And on that mission, he came and gave his life for us. He left heaven. He left his seat in heavenly places and came down to rescue us, to fix separation between man and God. So many in this room have been changed by that relationship with God, that closeness. God wants you to be close to him, and Jesus made a way for us to be close to him today. Before we close the service, I want every person in the room to have an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you don't you don't have a relationship with God or you think it's a bad relationship or a distant relationship or broken relationship. Maybe you're that person that says, you know what, me and the guy upstairs, we don't really get along. Maybe today is the day where that relationship is reconciled. You start fresh because God's been working behind the scenes bring you into a greater mission. Maybe you today, you're already serving God. You've just been tempted to put down the mission. You've been tempted to walk away, go back, go backwards, wherever you're at in your mission today, wherever you're at in your life, I want to give you an opportunity to return and to reinvigorate your search, reinvigorate your passion for that mission. If you'd like to invite Jesus into your life today, I would encourage you, let's say a prayer together. Let's pray together and invite him to be our Lord and our Savior. And let's follow him. Would you just bow your head right where you are? Amen. Just, if that's you and you want to say this prayer, I just want you to pray out loud with me. Let's just invite him in. Would you say these words? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son to die for me. To hang on a cross so that I wouldn't have to. I invite you into my life. I surrender my life to you. I'm going to follow you. Wherever you lead, whatever you say, I will do. For the rest of my life, belongs to you. Forgive me of my sin and make me whole. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for those who said that prayer. We're going to close with worship, but I want you guys to stay focused, recommitted to your, to your donkey mission, wherever God has you. And I'm excited for those who said that prayer for the very first time, maybe online or right here in the room. I'm excited for what that means, that we get to do this together. Brother BJ is going to come and help us close with worship. Don't forget to grab your prizes on the way out. And I'm, I'm just thrilled about what's going to happen next week and as we move forward in this series. I got to dap you up for that, Pastor. Give God a hand clap of praise. I tell you that there are some sermons that you're here and you say, hey, that was a hate. That was good. That was cool. Then there are some like today that you get hit in the throat, the chest, the stomach, the side of your head. You just, you have to reflect on it. And I hope that you can reflect on today's message. It was amazing. God have mercy. Man, I... Can we can we give God just one more hand clap of praise this morning? Ah, Lee, I, I, I tell you today, I, I'm, I'm going to give Pastor a handshake and a hug and just say thank you. I, I really am, and I hope you do the same. Hey, we want to give you an opportunity today. First, can we celebrate salvation today, those who gave their life to Christ because of the amazing message they heard today? Thank you, you start for starting your journey with us, and we want you to know that we are going to be there to support you through your entire donkey mission. Pastor said, donkey missions keep us humble. Ooh. And they test your integrity. Help me, God. Anybody on a donkey mission today? So now we want to give you an opportunity to give. This is probably a challenge for many of you. Maybe you're going through a financial challenge. Maybe you've been burdened. Maybe you don't even understand why you have to give. Giving gives you an opportunity just to give back and say thank you to God for what he's doing for you. It's just a tangible way. That's it. It's not the only way we give, but we give tangibly because most of us have jobs. Am I right? And we earn what we get, so we give it to God saying, God, we trust you with it. So we pray that you have the uh, 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 a reflective moment to where you would give today to bless the donkey mission of this church. I want to give you a moment to do that. There are ways to give. You can, you can text to give, 84321, like I tell you all the time. I love that. And, and, and please let us know if that link isn't working. Don't be afraid to text us and let us know because I have tried to give a few times and it didn't work. So please let us know. Or you can also give at the door as you leave. All right? I'm going to give you a moment to do that. We're going to pray out and then we're going to worship. Please reflect on the message today. Don't leave here without going out and telling somebody about your donkey mission. Let them know. That's your challenge for the week. That's your challenge for the week. Father, we love you. We thank you. We bless your name. We glorify you. Thank you for the mission, Lord, that you have us on. Let us not lose our integrity. Let us continue to be humble as you increase, God, our territory because we are fighting for you. In Jesus' name we pray.